Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are here with Will and Grace, season five, episode 21, Dolls and Dolls. <laughs> Do we have any idea why that was called this? I think uh, Madonna had a diamond dolls phase. Did she? I don't know. Was there any sort of guys and dolls reference we're missing? No, I mean, I think I think it's just Madonna. Maybe they wanted to backdatedly reference the fact that we were in Guys and Dolls in high school. That would be nice of them. Probably not, because this episode came out when we were not even in high school yet, I don't think. No. No what? We weren't in high school yet. Yes, okay. I was going to say, like, no, we were in high school? No, we weren't in high but school. But we were in Guys and Dolls. We were in Guys and Dolls. But the guys are only doing it for, for some, some dolls, dolls, some dolls, dolls some dolls. Doll. Can you tell we were Nathan and Adeline? I think that was one of the musicals where I got other parts because the I was the only man that could sing, right? Correct. Because yes. you got to sing... Um, I got to sing at least one of the three parts of The Horse Right Here. Yes. I yes. might have somehow done two of them. No, you only did one, but you did have to teach one of the Kyles how to do his part. That's right. Um, so I had to learn two. So that you could teach one. Yeah. They didn't like put me in like a vocoder. Although that'd be kind of cool. Very uh, tune yards. That would be very cool. Um, Not very anachronistic. Though. I feel like you also took a bigger role in uh, Luck Be a Lady than you really should have. Yes. Based on character. You are correct. Should not have played a role in that. Not Jermaine. Well, at least not a big role. Yes. But you did choreograph it. You know, this is a longer discussion, but I really feel like Guys and Dolls, if one was allowed to actually play with the book, could really work it out. It's think, gay. Well, that too. I just meant that I think Marry the Man Today is a weird place to end it if the man's not also singing. I think you could totally rewrite Marry the Man Today with a male part. I agree. And then maybe you could really play up the irony so it doesn't read like... Misandry, but like not in a good way. Yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't come across like, you know what? You should just abuse your husband until, he's what he, <laughs> until he is what you want him to be. I mean, like, I understand that's like turning the tables, but like it's in not really. In the 50s really. it was, but you it's know. It's not really. For modern audiences, it just kind of reads like Ayn Rand came out with like a meat cleaver like this is probably too big of a deep dive to go into guys and dolls but really like the guys and guys and dolls are not especially very flawed i mean they're really upfront with their female partners yeah nathan detroit actually less so than sky masterson yes nathan detroit is pretty clear on the fact that he keeps you know he's not explicitly being clear but he's implicitly being clear that he doesn't want to get married yep i mean you don't be engaged for although he did propose we have to we Mm -hmm. have to he should have. He should have just backed out of that. Yeah, that's not the point. Anyways, Let's do the episode description and then we'll talk about this episode. Dolls and dolls. Karen's search for a roommate leads to a high maintenance individual, Madonna, who shares many of her eccentricities. Grace and Jack intervene when Will uses painkillers as a crutch. Wow, that's actually a very good description. Yeah. Uh, so as you can tell, this episode is very diverse. But funny. But very funny. Um, surprisingly funny. I mean, I think both of those plots sound like they wouldn't be funny for totally different reasons. Right. I mean, like, I remember, I knew that this episode was good, mm-hmm. but I kind of forgot that it was Madonna who was the good, who was like good in it. Yeah. And so part of me has been a little bit dreading this episode because I couldn't remember if it was a good one or not. Well, and Will Grace had such uh, hit or miss guest stars. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's no middle of the road one. They're either really successful or they really just kind of like phone it in. Exactly. And I did not see Madonna as one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I mean, Madonna, we all respect her as an artist, but nothing about Oy. Madonna's, okay, well, I respect Madonna as an <laughs> artist, because I'm an 80s child. 
Barely. I'm an 80s child. Matthew was born with, like, 40 days left in the 80s. I mean, I guess, but 40 days in the desert of the 80s. Oh, my God. Anyways. Um, but, like, I don't know. She just doesn't have that really, like, I'm going to go for it on a sitcom kind of vibe. But she super fucking does. Yeah. I mean, like, she really throws herself into this part as this, like, goofy, weird, impoverished, former mistress. Like, she's kind of played as, like, basically she's Karen if Karen didn't bag a big enough fish and then her fish got murdered. Yeah. Like, literally, like, they could have had the same life, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. Um, But, yeah, so she plays Karen's roommate because Karen kind of does this thing, which we've expressed appreciation for in the past which is she decides she's going to go try to be a normal person yeah it's like karen goes in drag as a poor person yeah so she decides wouldn't it be delightfully hilarious if i got a roommate even (laughs) though i do not need one for financial reasons at all right and she even tells madonna that at one point she's like oh yeah i was staying in the plaza or wherever she's been staying right but i decided to move out and madonna's like Okay. I feel like they call it the palace, even the though it's, palace, it's yes. clearly the plaza. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, and but Madonna is just she's the worst roommate. I would hate it. She's a really bad roommate. Like, like they get in a bunch of like weird petty fights. Yeah. And like they fight over a guy eventually who's not even that attractive. No, I'm pretty sure he's Vernon from You're the yes. Worst. Yes, he is. And it's just like it's so weird. Like she's every bad roommate you've ever had. Yeah. But she's also Madonna. And so it's like, super weird, but yeah. funny. It's kind of funny, too, because, like, they kind of do that thing where, like, Madonna says something that's funny because she's Madonna. But mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't catch any really major call-outs. Right. Like, there was never a, her talking about being a virgin or, right. like... The closest they really got was she mentions that she works for, like, she works in the music industry. Yes. And so, basically, she works for those companies that used to put together compilation albums. And she's the secretary. Right. And so, so like, she, it's funny because she's Madonna. Right. You know. And so, she makes a couple, like, mentions about the compilations she's worked on are, like, hits of the 80s or right. ladies of the 80s. Right. And it's funny because it's Madonna, but that's about as obvious as they get, which I think was pretty smart for mm-hmm. the show. I feel like those kind of guest starring roles work better when they are given a lighter touch. Yeah. You know, like, the really heavy-handed, like... Hi, I'm a celebrity, and I'm playing a thinly veiled version of myself. Right. Like, those can work, but sometimes they're just boring. Right. Or we have Kevin Bacon syndrome, where it's Kevin Bacon is playing yes. a fictionalized version of Kevin Bacon, and mm-hmm. it's intolerable. Yeah. This did not suffer from Kevin Bacon syndrome. Yeah. So Madonna really fucking commits to the bit, and she really plays mm-hmm. this roommate that I would move out immediately. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, is that I feel like this character is really well written and could have been played by a random actor as right. well. Right, and so it's kind of, like, additionally magical because she's Madonna. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like this part was not written for Madonna, but it was given to Madonna as, like, a yes. gift. Yes, It feels like a gift for us. Yeah. I mean, I think this is probably the funniest plot that Will and Grace has had. Maybe all season? Yeah, it's one of the funniest. I it's... mean, this season has been really back and forth for us. Yeah. And this is probably the first episode that I can remember in a long time where we've, like, the A-plot and the B-plots. Yeah. Um, but so, like, some other highlights of Madonna's being weird, Karen's weird roommate. Yeah. Um, include, there's a moment when they apparently went grocery shopping together, a thing that Karen has apparently never done before. You know what, that makes sense, though. And then, so Madonna gives her, like, her half of the bill, and it's, like, (laughs) something, it's, like, $31.60, and she's, like, and don't try and round down, because my last roommate did this. And then she just kind of keeps peppering in all these details about other roommates who she has clearly driven away by being... (laughs) Bonkers. By being insane. 
And it's just really funny because I feel like everyone has lived with that person at mm-hmm. some point. Who's some just, of us have been that person. Yeah. And, like, it's just, like, they're extremely high-strung or they've been burned so badly by other roommates mm-hmm. that they become the bad roommate. Yes. I've definitely done that before. Yes. So true. Yeah. Oh. Poor Madonna. Poor Madonna. And um, then the episode wraps up in kind of, like, a weird way, too, because finally, like, Karen gets sick of it. Right. After having her hair pulled off by Madonna. Right, because they get into this big fight over an ugly guy, and right. Madonna just, like, completely freaks the fuck out. <laughs> and so then Karen realizes... That she's the landlord. Yes, and it's so funny, because we get this moment when Madonna's like, I think you should get out, and you should write me a check for half of the rent, plus a dollar ninety because you stole one of my yogurts. <laughs> and she's like, make it out to Walker Management. And Karen just, like, is like, what? <laughs> Because, of course, Karen is so rich, she doesn't even realize that she owns the building Mm -hmm. she just moved into. Well, and I feel like this is where you have the best, like, Karen play acting as a normal person. Mm -hmm. Because Karen is normally so out of touch with being wealthy that the episode works really well when you have her be so out of touch that she becomes a, quote, poor person, but then immediately remembers, oh, yeah, I'm rich and I have complete control of this situation. Yeah, it's sort of like um, when you see, like, stories about actors who decide they're going to go method Mm -hmm. and they're going to pretend to be a poor person to really get in their head or whatever. And it's always like really ridiculous and you know that it's completely under false constraints. And so that's exactly what this is, is is at the end of the episode, they kind of pull the curtain up to reveal that of course Karen owns this building. And of course, because now Madonna's character has pissed her off, she's going to kick her out. Yeah. And there's not really any more resolution given to that. And I guess that's fine. I don't really care. Like, I mean, I guess it would be probably a rounder solution if there was a solution where Madonna apologized and didn't have to be homeless. But, you know what? I could see it. She's got that job at the music industry. Maybe she can move in with Michelle or whatever her underling's name was. Oh my god, that's right, because she has two people under her. One of them is Keith, I think. Yes, Michelle and Keith. And they don't like her. At all. Karen tells her that. It's very (laughs) funny. Uh, I just also, I love how she has bits and they're like people who have bits and you know that it's fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. And she's always like, cut to me. And Karen's like, ah, I love it when you do cut to me. Because <laughs> no one does. No one ever does. No one loves it. Cut to me talking about the other plot of this episode. I love it when you do cut to me. <laughs> the other one's episode is also funny, but like it also shouldn't be. Okay. It's funny, but it's problematic, but it's funny. I think it's more funny than problematic, but literally just barely. It shouldn't be more funny than problematic, but it's still more funny than problematic. Right. So the whole thing starts because Will has apparently decided that he's going to wear clogs. Yes. That was a weird part of the episode. And is what I think Will and Grace does sometimes where they're like, we need to get to this really funny plot. But what we have we... to give it an elaborate setup for some but the, reason. But apparently the script is due in three hours. What's the first thing we can think of? Will wears clogs and falls off his clog. Right. And I think clogs were a bigger thing in this time period. Bro, my mom still but. wears clogs. My mom is a com- is committed to the cult of clogs. She loves clogs. Please don't clogs. say cult of clogs. It sounds, I don't know, sexual? Cult of clogs, cult of clogs. Scatological? I don't really know. Anyways, clogs were a big deal. They're still a big deal if you're my mom. They're a big deal if you have no balance, like Will. Yeah, so he falls off his clog and sprains his ankle. So because it's still the early 2000s, his doctor's solution is simple. He's going to give Will crutches and painkillers. Yes. Um, Clearly they're an opioid. Clearly they are far stronger than is actually necessary for a sprained ankle. Um, As someone who works with people who inject drugs and people who use drugs, many of whom got started by uh, taking an opioid for an injury and mm-hmm. then becoming addicted. 
you should probably not prescribe an opioid for something as small as a sprain. Doctors, if you're still doing that. Stop it. Just just stop. Because I know so many doctors are listening to this podcast, but if you are, please stop <laughs> over-prescribing opioids. If you're a doctor listening to this podcast and no one has told you to stop giving your patients opioids, please stop. We're not saying, like, all-out stop, but stop for anything minor that could be treated easily with acetaminophen and ibuprofen. I meant stop being a doctor. Oh. Awkward. But then they can't give us money. Awkward Patreon plug. <laughs> Did you know we have a Patreon? So, (laughs) the episode is funny because what happens is that Will starts taking these painkillers and his entire personality changes. Right. And so, at first we get these really great scenes where Will is basically, like, way more relaxed than Mm -hmm. he's ever been his entire fucking life. Right. And he's loopy as shit and it's super funny. Right. And it's, it's still, like, very manageable in a certain sense because, like, the things that Will is not doing are, like... He's not mad that there's crumbs on the floor. Right. You know, and he doesn't get bothered when Grace does this or that. But he's also taken off work for three days, you know? Right. And he's just watching TV in his apartment. Like, right. And he's thrown his dry cleaning over his chair. and <gasps> Right. Right. Like, there's this mix of, like, funny and worrisome that kind of right. persists through the whole episode. And so it, it, it kind of leans more on the funny, but then we kind of get these little, like like, sprinklings of worrisome. Yeah. Like, a moment when Will kind of out and out admits, if you take the medication closer together, then you don't feel bad about your relationship with your mother. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, no. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird because, like, the episode clearly acknowledges that Will has a problem. Yes. He's clearly misusing these very powerful and potentially dangerous drugs. Right. But, like, because of the time period it's in, it's not perceived with the same urgency as I think it would be now. Right. Like, in the middle of the opioid crisis. Right. Like, nowadays we see things like when Roseanne Barr is a huge racist, they kill her character off by having her overdose on painkillers. Right. Like, um, but not Ambien. That's a totally different thing. Right. Which doesn't cause racism. Probably. Probably. Um, <laughs> like, it's it's funny. Be- it, I, not funny haha, but, like, funny odd because... It is so clearly aware that Will is using this to cope with a lot of problems Mm -hmm. and that that is dangerous. Because the problems he's using to cope with aren't physical pain, which is what the drug is designed to cure. But it seems like Grace and Jack are operating under, this is bad because Will's not being himself. Not, this is bad because Will's going to turn into a drug addict. Which isn't wrong. Like, I mean, it's not good that Will's not acting like himself. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it's very clear that Will needs some sort of antidepressant medication. Right. Because being on an opioid relieves a lot of his high strungness and a lot of his stress level. Right. Like, something about being on that Medicaid level helps, but an opioid is not the solution. Yeah. So, um... I think the thing that the episode kind of, like, pokes fun at without ever being explicit about is that Will is clearly misusing the drug, but he's not spiraled into what would be considered a chemical dependency or Mm -hmm. addiction yet. And the episode kind of pokes fun at that because as Will is, like, getting out of it, like... Um, he's like, wow, thank you guys so much for, like, bringing this to my attention. I I, I guess I really had to hit rock bottom. And it's like, bro, it's been three days. Right. You took a long weekend. Like, you didn't hit rock bottom. This isn't what rock bottom looks like. It could be the start of some really dangerous... Right. And, like, Will has already started to exhibit pattern-seeking behavior, or whatever it's called. Drug-seeking behavior. Right. Um, 
Because, like, there's a scene where they're like, oh, well, you have to stop. And he's like, oh, you're right. Well, I'm just going to go out and get the paper. And then he vanishes and goes and gets more drugs. Right. And then there's a moment when he, like, calls to, like, get a refill. And uh-huh. Again, for an acute injury like a sprained ankle, you should definitely not get a refill of an opioid medication. Right. Under any circumstances. Yeah. At least not without seeing a doctor. Yeah. And realizing that perhaps there is a larger problem at play. Right. But yeah, it's, I think it's interesting watching this in 2018 Mm -hmm. because the cultural perception of opioid use is just Mm -hmm. so different now. Like everyone's on the lookout for misuse and and abuse of drugs. Yep. Um, Whereas back then it was just sort of a funny, like a ha ha ha. And then it kind of was like, oh, this could be serious. So we're just going to quickly keep it out of that. Like taking too many pills is a character trait that they gave Karen in episode one. Right. You know, like the culture has clearly changed. Right. And it's, it's also kind of funny to us because in the present day, Karen is still on the revival shown as taking too many pills. Mm -hmm. And it's like a personality trait. But it's sort of like the distinction here is that Karen is a cartoon character who can't get hurt by misusing or abusing any substances, whereas Will is a real person. I'm not sure Karen can be hurt by anything other than her grief over losing Rosario. Yes. Like, literally, she seems seems borderline immortal. Only her grief will end her, and even that, probably not. Probably not. I just, I think it's a sign, though, of the fact that this is a really strong episode, that while we are able to acknowledge how dated this episode is in its handling of will overusing these opioids it's still really amusing and funny to us yeah i mean to be completely honest if someone is using an opioid for pain treatment oftentimes the side effect is sort of like a buzz and like they're loosening up and it can be funny to interact with someone who's experiencing that right and it's there is an element to which it is possible to misuse without addiction forming yeah you know absolutely. what i mean absolutely i mean i feel like everybody who's ever been prescribed an opioid has probably misused it at least a little i have yes matthew <laughs> definitely has i know i have um but it's just kind of like the episode doesn't quite yet have the language of like drawing that distinction between misusing a drug mm-hmm. for a brief period of time versus abusing a drug to seek a high right to manage some other sort of trauma happening well and i think it's like, the idea that Will would be so addicted to opioids that he would develop a chemical dependency and need to move on to something like heroin is never even on the radar of this episode. Right, I feel like... Not just because it's a comedy, I think. Right, I think that that probably also wasn't so much part of the cultural conversation. Right. Like, I remember, like, my specific opioid misuse story <laughs> is that I got my wisdom teeth taken out while I was in high school and they gave me oxy for it, you know, as one does. Again, that's just so much. Yeah. But, like, I... Maybe it wasn't Oxy. It might have been Codeine. Possibly. Vicodin. It was one of the fun ones. Sure. Um, and I... Obviously, I, I didn't need the whole bottle because it was just wisdom teeth. You know? Right. Like, they overprescribed it because who cares? Opioids. Right. So, I would... I had, like, seven or eight left. So, I was like, well, I'll just drive to school and then I'll take one of my pills and just go through the first four hours of the day. Just high as a kite. Yeah. Enjoy and, life. Was that an appropriate use of that medication? No. Did I harm anyone? No. Did I have Tess to yell at me and make sure I was being safe? Yes. (laughs) And that was before I started working with people who use drugs. Yay. But I just mean, like, it happens. I mean, I in the last year, I've had two oral surgeries. Both times I was prescribed 25 hydrocodone, which is is the off-brand label Mm -hmm. of Vicodin. Um, You don't need that for, I had one tooth pulled and then an implant placed. I could have probably used three mm-hmm. um, and then managed the swelling and other pain symptoms with ibuprofen and acetaminophen. Right. Um, 
but I got 20. And because I'm a kid who grew up without insurance and I currently had insurance, naturally I filled both of those scripts and kept them just in case because that's the sort of mindset I grew up in. But I mean, like, I fully am aware of the fact that my dentist completely overprescribed those medications. Yeah, that's just like not appropriate for the, the amount of work you had done. Right. And like, I even said to her after I had all the work done, I'm like, you know, Really, I could have gone with, like, tops 10. Mm-hmm. Like, 25 for a single, simple procedure that included mm-hmm. two stitches yeah. is way over prescription. Yeah. So. But, yeah. Um, we did our part to end the opioid crisis today, Tess. Fuck you. I'm actually doing my part to end the <laughs> opioid crisis, you big dick. Okay, I did my part to end the <laughs> opioid crisis. You just put in extra credit. For people who are actually curious about learning more about ending the opioid crisis, I would highly suggest that you check out harmreduction.org. That's the Harm Reduction Coalition's website. They give a lot of really great information about drug use, drug misuse, drug abuse, um, how to deal with people who inject drugs, safer injection practices, and also how to administer naloxone, which is a drug that can reverse an opioid overdose. Um, So if you're actually interested in this topic, I can give you an actual resource. Wow, Tess, you sound really knowledgeable. I am really knowledgeable. I'm a I'm a prevention specialist at an agency which does needle exchange. <laughs> I know a lot of shit. Wow. That's great. Thank you. I feel good about it. <laughs> All right. I think that's everything we have for this week. Yeah, I think so. All right. Tess, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us on the internet? All right. If you want to send us a tweet with your thoughts about this episode, Madonna or the opioid crisis, you can find us at Not A Couple Show on Twitter. Um, but you can also find us on Facebook, on Tumblr, um, and we post this uh, this uh, podcast. Podcast, thank you. And we post this podcast on iTunes and on Podbean. Um, also, if you want to send us a more personalized message, we do have an email address. We are not a couple podcast at gmail.com. Wonderful. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, just as a note, uh, next week for us is going to be Thanksgiving. Yes. In case you haven't noticed by our dulcet tones, we are American. Wow, we're American? Shocker! (laughs) Season 5 reveal! So, uh, we will be taking the week off to enjoy Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, We were hoping to kind of push through without a break, but then, oh yeah, Thanksgiving. We were like, we literally will not have time to record this. Yeah. So, we're going to take a uh, a short break for Thanksgiving. Just a quick one. Just one week. Hopefully, enjoy that with your families. You'll miss us, but Um, it'll be brief. Then we're going to come back. We've actually only got three episodes left. Yeah, so once we come back from the Thanksgiving break, we're just going to keep on trucking through the holidays. Yeah, um, we'll probably take a break after we finish season five, per use. Yeah. Maybe we'll do a holiday special or something fun. Oh, we could do something for, like, New Year's. <gasps> That'd be fun. Sparkles, gay! Um, but then we'll probably be taking a longer break as well to get ready for season six. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening to us this week, and we will see you in two weeks for a new episode of Not a Couple. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cast. Eliza, are you cold? This episode of Not A Couple was sponsored by Walker Property Management. Now offering exclusive landlord roommates. They'll live with you, they'll split the groceries, and they will kick you out.